and all he's done for us. Our soul, all that's within us should give him a high praise. Amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, God. Father God, we just thank you and we honor you in this place. We glorify you, God, because you are God. You are Jehovah, the self-existing God. God, we thank you that you are the creator and the maker of all things. You are Elohim. So God, we thank you that you made us and we didn't make ourselves. So God, we honor you, God, that we were created, God, in your image, God. We honor you, God, because God, you gave us authority, God, over this earth, Father God. You gave us authority to rule and reign over this earth. And we just thank you and we just praise you, God, for what you have invested, God, in us. God, we thank you on today for your resurrection power, God, that's in us, God, that's with us, God, that is there for us, God, when we need it, God, not for us, God, but for others, God. We just thank you and we just praise you, Father God, that we are not selfish, God, that we honor you first and foremost, God, and we always see the needs of others, God, outside side of us so we just thank you and we just praise you God and God on today God we thank you for the blood of Jesus which was shed on Calvary God for the remissions of our sins we're so thankful we're so grateful God and God we thank you God that we already healed God we thank you that we already delivered God we thank you God that every need has already been supplied In Jesus' name, God, we thank you that you have covered everything that needs to be covered in our lives. And God, we thank you that the only thing we have to do is receive what you have already done. Now, Father, as I go forth, God, to teach your people, Father, I thank you for my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I cannot do it without you. And Father, as I open my mouth, I thank you that you have already filled it, God. I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles with me to Psalms 34. And let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto the people of God. And while the Word of God is going forth, it is His Word. We want to reference Him. We don't want no walking. We don't want no talking. I know you have to move because as the word quicken you, there's going to be some movement. But we want to honor this word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Psalms 34 and I'm going to look at the eighth verse. Let's hear what God is saying. Psalms 34 verse 8. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. I'm going to say it again. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. I'm going to say it again. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. I want to talk about this morning. God is good. God is good. Last week we talked about being in Christ and I went over a familiar passage that we always quote and the passage was, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The first thing that we have to know is who we are now that we are in Christ. When we know who we are now that we are in Christ, we can recognize that everything we have is because of him. It's not because of us. And because he has given us everything we need to live a godly life here on this earth, we give him the glory. We don't take the glory. It's all about him. It's not about us. This is why I say so much. I have been crucified with Christ. In order to say that, you got to know that you have been crucified with Christ. And your life is no longer your own. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and who died for you. So we have to live based on him and not based on us. If we live based on us, we will not receive what he has already provided. This is why I always say, don't make it about you. Don't make it about you. Everything that you do, it's about him. It's what he has already done. This is why in Acts 17, they were saying, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. When you come to recognize that the righteousness you have is not yours, it is his. And now that you are in him, God see you as righteous because you are in him. Nothing you can do can make you right before God. This is why you had to accept what Jesus have already done. And I really think every day we need a refresher course on being in him. When we get that refresher course on being in him, no matter what happens in our lives, we will know that we are in him. We will know that we already covered, that it's already been taken care of. We have to know in him that the blood has redeemed us. This is why we can say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When you know what he has done for you, when you know he has paid that price for you outside of you and what you've done or how you do it, you can say so. Let the redeemed say so. Because because of the blood, we are redeemed. Because of the blood, we are sanctified. That means that we're set apart. We're made holy. Not because of us, but because of him. That's why he said, be ye holy because I am holy. I can live a holy life knowing what he has done for me. You cannot live a holy life outside of what you know what Christ have done for you. When you know what he done, that will help you to, to live a holy life. Some people are trying to live a holy life by their dress code. Now, I'm going to tell you something. He wants us to dress appropriately. And when you are having a relationship or have a relationship with him, nobody have to tell you how to dress. Nobody have to tell you what to say or what to do. Because when you know who you are in him, that's just how you live. You're not trying to impress nobody. You're not trying to get nobody attention. You're not trying to say, hear me. What is that? Hear me, see me, be attached to me because you already attached to him. And we have to know that we have already been accepted in the beloved, meaning that I don't need nobody else's acceptance because I know that I have already been accepted. It is not based on me. It's not based on anybody else. It's based on who I am now that I'm in Christ. I'm telling y'all, it gets better and better every time that you meditate on these principles of who you are in Christ, it will help you to study to be quiet. 
It will help you to do what the word of God is telling you to do. And it's not a hard task because you know who you are. Your life is not your own. Your body was bought with a price, y'all. You don't belong to yourself no more. You belong to God. I am married to him, meaning that if I'm married to him, I don't commit spiritual adultery. And see, that's what we got to understand. Once you know who you are in Christ, I'm telling you something. It's an easy life. It's not hard because the way of a transgressor is hard. And if you see yourself as a transgressor, yes, it's going to be hard. But if you see yourself for who you are in Christ, I'm telling you what, it is easy. There are some struggles that come, but you can get over those humps. Trouble will come. Persecution will come. But when you remember who you are in Christ, then you can get through all of those trials, all of those tribulations, all of those things that are coming against you. And a scripture I like is I can do all things, all things, all things, all things through who? Through Christ, which strengthened me. My strength does not come from me. It comes from him. And that's what we got to understand. Even in our lowest times, we have to begin to rejoice. We have to begin to thank him because he chose us. We didn't choose ourselves. He chose us to be in him. You have been adopted. You have been accepted. You have been justified. You have been sanctified. Now that you're in Christ, you need to quit trying to do stuff to get something. You don't have to do anything to get anything because he's already provided. The only thing you have to do is receive what he's already done. I had to throw that in there because when we're talking about God is good, we can say that. But do you know that everybody always say God is good? We always say that. But do you really know that God is good? You got to know for yourself that God is good. In this psalm here, David is saying, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste mean to experience. Now, you can say he's good, but if you haven't experienced his goodness, if you have not observed it, if you have not looked upon his goodness, you don't know how good he is. Because if you know how good he is, no matter what situation you get in, you know that God is still good in spite of that situation. See, we always say stuff that people say, but we actually haven't experienced it yet. When you experience the word of God. That's what tastes mean. Anytime you go to a restaurant or even at home and somebody cooks something new, what do they say? Taste this. That means I want you to experience this. You already tasted it and you know that it's good, but you want somebody else to take it or uh, have a part of what you have already experienced, right? So you tell them to taste it and this is what they do. They begin to put it in their mouth. I- I'll use a lemon for example. You know, some people look at a lemon and they already begin to water up in their mouth because they know that how that lemon is going to begin to taste. But as they put it in their mouth, their uh, facial expressions begin to change based upon tasting that lemon. But someone that has really experienced that taste of that lemon, they can take that lemon and put it in their mouth and their expression don't change. It remains the same. So what am I saying to you? When you taste his goodness, people going to know through you how good he is. See, I can tell some people haven't really tasted how good God is. And I'm going to prove that to you, even in this teaching, because we always say God is good. We can always say he's good when things are going right. Oh, yeah, he's good. 
that, right? What did I do to deserve this? But that don't stop God being good. See, we got to understand that God is good in spite of what we go through. Now, let's talk about how did David get to verse 8. You got to understand, David didn't just get to verse 8. David had to live to get to verse 8. And this is what was happening with David. David, this was um, when he was running from Saul. And when he was running for Saul, he went into the enemy's territory, which was Abimelech. When he went into that territory, they knew that was the Philistines. They knew that David had killed Goliath. And Goliath was a Philistine. So when they looked at David, David uh, pretended to be insane. He pretended to be a madman. And the reason why he done that, he said, because they would end up killing me in this land. So by him pretending to be a madman, Abimelech let him go because he didn't want an insane man in his territory. So this is what David began to do. When that psalm start, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. See, he said, I will. He was making this personal. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That bless means to praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord at all times. So David said, no matter what situation I'm in, I will praise the Lord. And David is telling us this because David is letting us know this is what you have to do. In every given situation, whether good or bad, you should be giving God praise. Because if it was not for God, you wouldn't be able to do anything. So David said, I will praise the Lord at all times. The key is at all times. No matter what the situation is, there should be a praise in your belly. There should be a praise that's coming out of your mouth. David knew, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will praise the Lord at all times. And then he said, his praise shall continually be in my what? Mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That means always. All of us should have a praise that come out of us always. We should, everywhere we go, we should be giving God praise. Everything that go on, we should be thanking God. God, I give you glory because in spite of what's going on, you're still with me. See, that's praising God in the midst of your situation. God, I may not know which way this is going to go, but I know I already made it, so I'm going to give you praise. God, I may not be feeling my best, but I'm going to praise you because you are still a healer. God, my bills may not look like they need to look. They may look like they are paid but I'm gonna still give you praise there should always be a praise in your mouth and the reason why they're not a praise in our mouth because we have become selfish we have become whiners we have become complainers when we look back in Egypt and how God brought them out and the only thing they had to do was depend on him the only thing they had to do was follow his lead because God was with them But when God brought them out, oh, they were happy at that time. But when Pharaoh, the enemy, started coming back at them, they began to complain. They began to murmur. There was no praises coming out of their mouth. They were not praising God at all times. But then when Moses began to tell them to fear thou not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Those that you see, you shall see no more. Now Moses spoke that. But in the natural, they were still seeing them. Come on, doesn't that happen? Somebody can give you an encouraging word, but in the natural, it don't seem like what they're saying. Have you ever been in a situation when you're going through 
and somebody else tell you, you already done got through it. But in the natural, you're looking at, how can you say I already got through it and it's still stirring me in the face? Because they know God is good. They know about God. They know God won't leave them nor forsake them. See, you got to know God for yourself. This is why David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. His praises shall always be in my mouth. Because David know he was in trouble. Then he said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. <clears throat> when you look at your soul, that's your inner part of you. That's all of you should be boasting. When you boast about something, you brag on it. So David was bragging on the Lord. He was bragging on how God brought him through. He said, my boast shall be in the Lord. All that's within me is going to be bragging on the Lord. And then this is the key. He said, the humble shall hear it and be glad. What was David talking about? He was saying, by me boasting on the Lord everywhere I go, by me praising the Lord everywhere I go, the humble there's the afflicted, the ones that are low, the ones that are poor, the ones that are needy. Everywhere you go, when you begin to give God praise, when you begin to thank God for his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness, when you begin to brag on God for what he's done for you, come on, I know we got some braggers up in here. I know it's times in your life that you, it seemed like you wasn't going to make it, but you can look back over your life and you can give him a high hallelujah because you know it wasn't you that done it. It was because of God that it got done. See, that's how you brag about God. That's how you begin to talk about him when you were amongst people and said, you know, you looking at me, but I ain't the same person that I used to be. I remember when I was talked about. I remember when I was ridiculed. I remember when I I didn't have no money. I remember when I ain't have nowhere to lay my head, but because of God, I am what I am. I remember when I felt like I was going to lose my mind. I remember when nobody wanted nothing to do with me, but because of God. See, that's how you praise him. That's how praise is continually in your mouth. Come on. Some of you can remember when you was laying on a bed of affliction. But because of God, I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm breathing. See, that's praising God. That's continually having a praise in your mouth. But what do we do when times are hard? We sit there and we complain. We sit there and try to figure it out. But we praise him because we know it's already done. See, that's why you praise him, because you know it's already done. You ain't waiting on it to get done, but you're saying, God, I'm praising you, because I know it's already done. Some people praise him trying to get it done, and they get tired. But when you praise him for what he's already done, you can continually praise him. You can always have a praise in your mouth, because God is good. So that's why when believers come together, and somebody began to have a testimony. I remember, you know, old, in the um, old, time, old times, people would get up and grin at the church and they would begin to testify. Testify on God's goodness. And they testify so much they make you happy. Y'all ever heard that, Apostle? Sing and make me happy. Sing me happy. But people will begin to tell you their life and they begin to testify about it and all of a sudden you begin to praise God with them 
It didn't even happen to you, but you begin to give God glory with them. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's why David said, the humble shall hear it and be glad. You know why the low, the afflicted shall hear your praise and be glad? Because they're saying, if Miss Deborah got through it, hallelujah, I know God has already brought me through what I'm going through. The humble, the low, the afflicted, the needy will begin to be glad through your praise, through you bragging on God. What I have learned is you don't go into the Bible and just read it. You got to go into the word of God and ask, why is David saying what he's saying? Why is David doing what he's doing? Why did David act like David acts? See, sometimes we'll pull out a verse and we want to use that one verse, but that verse come from somewhere. And you got to follow through where that verse come from. That's how you get the revelation That's how the word begins to be revealed to you. You can't just take a verse and then add to what you want to add to it. You got to back up and see. David, what are you saying? David, why do you say praise shall continually be in your mouth? Because we tell people that, don't we? I will praise the Lord at all times. We tell people that. You're supposed to praise the Why? People are going to ask you, why? Because that's what the word says. But when you begin to experience what the word says, when the word began to be revealed unto you, you can let them know this is why I praise the Lord at all times. And as you begin to do that, the ones that don't have an understanding, they begin to get revelation off of what the word is saying. Do not go into the word of God and just pick and choose what you want to pick and choose. See, we pick verses, but we don't understand how did they come to that verse. You got to understand how did they come to that verse and why that verse is saying what it's saying. Just like when you go to medical school and they teach you how to check blood pressure, they teach you all of these things. You want to understand why am I checking this? What is the purpose behind this? Because that attached to something else. When you don't have no understanding, it's no meaning to you. So you got to understand what this word is saying before you bring it out of your mouth and act like you got to understand it because you will screw somebody else up by false error. The word is truth. And we want to make sure that we present this truth the way it need to be presented and not come up with false revelations. Because everything you come up with ain't God. Because if it don't link up to what the word has already said, it ain't God. So that's why you have to seek the Lord. That's why you got to meditate on this word before you present this word. And don't just go get a lot of references and say, well, this reference this. Yes, it does. But we got to understand why it was said. Why did God say what he said? Some people is taking what God said out of content. We have to understand the word. This is why I'm going through verses 1 till I get to verse 8, and that ain't the end of the chapter. Amen? So I'm getting you to understand why David is saying what he said. Then David began to say in that third verse, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So David began to praise the Lord. He began to allow that praise to come out of him. He began to boast on it. He said, the humble shall hear it and be glad. He said, let us magnify 
Let us praise the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. Can you imagine when all of us come together and we on one accord and all of us begin to praise God for what he's done for us? Don't you know there'll be a moving and a shaking and going on? See, I look back at, um, who is it, uh, Paul and Silas, when they got beat because of what they did with the woman of divination. And they put them in lockdown. But even in lockdown, the word of God said that they began to praise God. They began to thank God. They began to pray. And as they done this on one accord, you can't have somebody beside you while you praising God for what he's already done. You can't have somebody beside you say, oh, we ain't going to make it. Oh, we're going to die today. Oh, it's getting worse. Oh, Lord, just take me now. No, you got to cut that one loose. <laughs> because if you're praising God for what he already done, I don't care if your husband or your wife, you say, look here, as for me and my house, we're going to continually serve the Lord no matter what's happening around us. We're going to continually give him praise. This way you can't mingle with mixed multitudes. You can't mingle with mixed multitudes, the ones that don't believe what you believe, the ones that don't even know what praise is, the ones that whine and complain all the time and may be part of the same church. You got to separate yourself from that or you got to bring in the word. Say, hold it, hold it right there. This is what the word is saying today. And I'm going to honor the word and do what the word is telling me to do. And if you don't want to be a part of this word, you can leave. That's not being nasty. That's letting them know I'm going to honor God. Even in what I see, I'm going to give him glory outside of how I feel and what I see. So this is why he said, let us magnify and exalt his name together. So David was letting them know we all need to be on one accord when it comes to praising God. This is why you have the fivefold in the body of Christ. Because the fivefold is going to be the ones that raise you up. It's going to be the ones that teach you the things of God to make disciples, to send you out so all of us will be on one accord. You can't have a body of believers with different beliefs. That's why you have to check up on your, your members. You got to check up on the ones that's hanging in the same church with you to see where they are. To see if we are on one accord, because you can't have two walking together, not lest they agree. And some people want to walk with somebody because they feel like they're in this position or that position. But if they ain't agreeing with what the word of God is saying, you don't need to be walking with them. Because you're out to do his will. And that's how Jesus was. So we're going to have to be careful. So we want to praise the Lord together. We want to be on one accord. All of us want to praise him for what he has done. Our praise come from looking to the cross. Lord, that could have been me. You know, the, the psalmist said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. When you get to the gate, you should be thankful. Because you got to the gate. I'm going to enter that door with thanksgiving, God, because I know it should have been me. But when you go through the courts, there should be a praise. See, there's thanksgiving and there's praise. You got to be thankful. Some of us have gotten so selfish, we don't even thank God because we think what we have is because of us. It is not because of you. It is all because of him. Even the job that you own, it is not because of you. 
It is because of him, because God had to change somebody's heart to let you through the door. God had to do that on your behalf. But some things we do outside the will of God. But we look at David, and then David get to verse 4. This is what David said. Now, after the praise come, this is what I want y'all to understand. You don't just go into your Bible and just read it. You want to begin to praise God. I'll begin to say, God, I thank you for the time that you've given me to even go into your word. I thank you, God, that you chose me, God, to deliver your word to your people. God, I just thank you, God, that I can sit before you and hear what you have to say unto me. See, that's praise. That's thanksgiving. Before you, this is what David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. See, David was praising him before he even got into seeking him. So when he got to the part about seeking him, he knew he was already delivered. See, you got to know that you know that you know before you come to God. You got to know who God is and who you are in him. Some of us go to God begging him for stuff. Let me tell you something. God is saying, oh, shame, shame, shame. You don't even know what you have. You still begging me. You still begging me to deliver. You still begging me to heal. You still begging me to prosper. You don't even know what you have in me. So this is why when we go to God, we have to know what we already have, what God has already given us. And if we know what God has given us, we got to see him, first of all, as a father. Because Jesus introduced him as a father. He knew him as a father. He knew all of his needs were met. So when Jesus walked the earth, there was nothing that he come upon that he knew that wasn't already met. He knew sickness had already been taken care of. He knew that people that went through demonic stuff, it was already taken care of. So everything Jesus ran up upon, Jesus knew it was already taken care of. Only thing he had to do was speak what was already done. God said we need to speak what's already done and quit waiting for something to get done. If you know that it's done, you can begin to laugh in the enemy's face and say, God, I thank you because it's already done. I'm not going to sit here and wait for it to get done because you've done it over 2,000 years ago. So that's why David said, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fears. That's verse 4. Verse 5, they looked unto him and were lightened. Let me tell you what happens when you look unto the word of God. When you look unto him, there's uh, uh, illumination. The word begins to radiate. It begins to illuminate. And I'll give you an example. I'm going to go back to Moses. Y'all remember Moses? He was a leader leading them out of Egypt, right? But Moses had to spend time with God. He had to taste God, didn't he? He had to be before the presence of the Lord in order to bring back to the people what God was saying. He had to be the first partaker. He had to be illuminated. When Moses come down that mountain, he was illuminated with his glory. His glory, God's glory was all over Moses, that Moses had to hide his face because of the glory of God. I'm here to tell you, the more you in the presence of the Lord, people don't see you, they see him. You don't even have to tell people about him all the time because when you're in his presence, the way you act, the way you carry yourself, people are going to know that you're about him. But Moses got to the place in Exodus 33 that Moses was telling God, if you don't go with us, if your presence don't go with us, we're not going to go. See, you got to understand how important God's presence is. 
People got to understand that when we're in his presence, there's fullness of joy. When we're in his presence, there's healing, there's prosperity. So in order to be in his presence, you're going to have to develop that relationship with him. And the more you develop that relationship with him, the more you taste of him, the more you experience in him. So Moses had experienced him to the point of that when Moses come down from being with the Lord, they knew who he was with. When you get out of your word, somebody should know who you've been with. It shouldn't be all of this mess going on with you. Everything that you were dealing with, when you come out, you shouldn't be dealing with the same thing. You should be talking differently. You should be giving God glory because you've been in his presence. But Moses said, we're not going to go if you don't go with us. So he said, if your presence don't go with us, we're not going to go. But then there was one thing that Moses asked. Moses experienced his presence. But then Moses said, show me your glory. He said, God, show me your glory. How many of us have asked God, show me your glory? We want his glory to be revealed. The more you get in the word of God, his glory will be revealed through you. But this is what God said. He said, Moses, he said, I'm going to show you all my goodness. I want y'all to catch it. He said, I'm going to show you all my goodness. Goodness is part of who he is. It is his character. It is his attribute. Now, Moses said, I want the glory. But God said, "Uh -uh, I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. And what God was saying was, my goodness is in my glory. He said, so when people see my glory, they're going to see my goodness because that's who I am. That's my character. He said, I'm going to be gracious to whom I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to show mercy to whom I'm going to show mercy. What was God saying? As Moses get in the presence of God and as Moses spend time with God, when Moses come out of the presence of God, spending time with God, no matter what goes on in his life, Moses is going to present who God is at that moment. He's going to present how good God is. God is going to show Moses through his acts. So this is what I'm telling you. When you get into your word, it's no longer you. It's him. And when you come out of your word, it's no longer you. It's still him. And Moses recognized that. And so did David. And this is why he said in verse 6, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. So David was letting them know, I was saved out of all my trouble. I I went through some things, but God saved me. That's why I'm tasting. I'm telling you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You got to perceive that for yourself. Don't just say he's good. Know that he's good. And when you know that he's good, people around you are going to know his goodness. When I was reading this, God was showing me some more things. He was showing me Moses, but he took me back to Genesis. And when God created everything, y'all, after he created it, it said God saw that it was good. You got to be able to see what God is saying. When God said it, he saw it and he saw that it was good. God said it, he saw it and he saw that it was good. So God is good, meaning there's no evil in him. There's no corruption in him. There's no darkness in him. Everything about God, y'all, is good. So people should not tell you when something happened, that's God. God is not about that. God is not about evil. People say this happened because God is trying to judge him. If God judged everybody, all of us be dead. 
already did that through Jesus Christ. God already took care of everything through Jesus Christ. Yes, we are going to be judged. Don't get me wrong. We are. But look at the goodness of God. God is so good, y'all. Even when we was in our sin, he delivered us, didn't he? He saved us through who? Through his son. So if you don't know nothing but that, you meditate on that and say, God is good because he saved me. God is good because he delivered me. God is good because, guess what? He healed me. You know his goodness because you have experienced his goodness but when God created everything y'all it was good and he saw how good it was because God is a good God but look at the end of creation out of um, verse um what was it one chapter one it said that after God finished creating everything he saw that it was very good so everything God created was very good and guess what God did that tree I'm going somewhere but I'm going to turn it around. That tree of knowledge of good and evil wasn't good in there. He had a tree that he said, don't eat from that tree of good and evil. He said, once you eat from that tree, you're going to surely die. So guess what the enemy did? The enemy said, okay, I got something. He had to find something to use to get them to turn away from everything that God has done. What did he do? He asked Eve. He said, did God really say? Do you see the deception in there? Now, he, he had to use the, the, the word of God. So the enemy is going to come against what? The word of God. He's going to twist the word. So you got to know the word for yourself. So as he came in, he told Eve, did God really say? Eve began to tell him what God said. But then he, he let her know, if you eat from that tree, you won't die. See, he's going against what God said. This is deception, y'all. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's going to use the word of God, and he's going to turn it around and say, did God really say you were healed? Or did God really say that you got more than enough? So when the enemy's doing that, you got to know what the word is saying to you for yourself. So after he said all of that to Eve, guess what Eve did? When Eve saw that the tree was good. See, he took the bad off of it. He wanted Eve to say, there's more to you. How can I put it? He wanted Eve to know that God is withholding things from you. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm going to say it again. Some of us are in this spot right today. God has given us everything we need. Amen? Amen. Do you really know that? God has given you everything you need, but guess what the enemy does? He make you feel like it's more. He makes you feel like it's more. That's what he did with Eve. He did, Eve didn't focus on everything that she had. She focused on what she was lacking because she thought she was lacking something. This is what the enemy does to us. When you get a raise, we're happy. But then later on, we want more. That ain't enough. Is that not right? When we get a car, we're happy. But then when we look around and somebody got something else, we feel like that car ain't enough. When we get a house, come on, get a house because you stayed in an apartment, you're happy for a while. But when you look around and somebody got a five-bedroom house versus your two-bedroom house and one bathroom, that ain't enough. So I got to work to get more. See, this is what we do. The enemy take our mind off of what we already have and make us feel like there is still more. Don't get me wrong. God wants us to be achievers. 
But God wants you to realize what you already have before you go try to get something else. That's what entangles you with debt. It gets you in debt because you're looking at everything everybody else have and say, I don't have it. So you make up your mind and you try to go after it. So what Eve was doing, she was looking. And when she saw the tree, she said it was good. After God said, don't eat of that tree or you'll die. So what's good about the tree? Now I'm going somewhere. Everything that you see that look good ain't good. I'm turning it around. We know that God is good, right? There's no evil in him. There's no corruptness. There is no darkness. God is about light. Everything God created was good until what sin entered the world through one man, right? So the earth became corrupt. And what are we doing? We're bringing the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, to let them know that the kingdom is here right now. You can benefit from the kingdom, though things look the way they look. This is who you are now that you're in him. Now, everything... That look good and good. I'm going to go somewhere. When we look at the world today, people look at sin and call it good. Outside of who God is. Go to Isaiah 5. When we look at Isaiah 5, 20, listen at this. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness and put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We got people that know that people are doing wrong and we're saying that's good. You know how we saying that's good? Because we don't bring correction to it. So we make them think that what they're doing is good. Our job is to bring truth in the midst of error. Even if they don't accept truth, we did what the word told us to do, right? We did what God told us to do. So everything that looked good, y'all, ain't good. I don't care how good a person do something for other people and it look good. If they're not doing it according to the word of God, it ain't good. Some people say this, that's a good person. I mean, that person is very good. Let me tell you, everything God created is good, right? But if that person is not serving Jesus Christ and outside of the will of God, it ain't good. I want y'all to understand that. That's corruption. So you got to know what's good and what ain't. I'm going to give you another example. Remember Solomon, when Solomon um, took David, his father's place. This is the only thing that Solomon asked God. He said, help me to discern good and evil. Why? Because he knew that everything that's good ain't good. But evil is evil. So he said, help me to discern between good and evil. And this is what we have to do. This is why God gave us the discerning of spirits. And this is his first case that he had. He had two women. They had two babies. And one baby had died, but one woman was coming to David. Both of them was coming to Solomon saying, this is my baby. And this woman began to describe what had happened. This woman said, no, that's my baby. The baby that lives is mine. The dead baby is hers. Come on, who are you going to believe? Come on, we've been in situations that a good liar look in your face and they'll lie to you and it seems like it's the truth, but you're saying, Holy Spirit, who's right? Who's wrong? 
Because both of them seem like they're right. So you have to have discerning of spirits to know what spirit is in operation. So what he did, he said, give me the sword. He said, what are we going to do? We're going to cut them in half. And the real mama came up and said, no, just give the child to her. He said, that's her child. See, that's why you got to know what is really good. Some of y'all are hanging around sneaky folk that's Christians. And they're trying to say it's God and it ain't. Because when you know the goodness of God, you know what ain't good. When you've been with God, when you experience his goodness, come on, God ain't going to leave you out there by yourself to let you think something is good that ain't. I remember in my life I have met many shady Christians. I'm going to say shady. Because they were sing hallelujah they were blessed the lord they were even speaking in tongues but i remember i got a pull in my spirit i said something just ain't right lord i said i don't know what it is but something just ain't right and when you get a pull in your spirit and you know something ain't right that's when you begin to seek the lord that's when you begin to say god it looked good but something just ain't right i don't know what it is And I remember one night I laid down and the Lord showed me two of this person, two of this person. And I said, Lord, why are you showing me two of this person? There was a good side and there was an evil side and the person was saved. How can that be? How can there be a good side and an evil side? Because I'm going to go there and let you know how it can be. See, you got to know the company you keep. I don't care how saved a person is. If they are not doing what the word of God tell them to do, then they got to go back and check their salvation because God is a good God and God don't change when it comes to his goodness. So as God showed me this person, y'all, I'm going to tell you, he's so much on time. When he showed me this person and how this person was, this person was in it for themselves. They were in it for the applause. See, what was happening, we were having Bible study at the house, and people were applauding this person because they were thinking that this person, you know, they were God himself. Every time they come in the room, giving them glory, giving them honor, but they didn't know what was behind it. And by not knowing, and actually I didn't know what was behind it until God tugged on my spirit. Now, when God tug on your spirit, you got to hear what the spirit is saying. I want to tell you, long story short, the person left my house. Because, see, where the word of God is, where deliverance is, a person ain't going to stay if they don't want to be delivered. If they think they're all this in a bag of chips, they're going to get it up and go and try to do something else. When they left, they pulled people out with them. Because people were after the prophet. They weren't after God. They were after what that man or that woman could give them. Then I had another incident that I shared with y'all. There was a gentleman that looked like he was all right, that looked like he knew what he was talking about, and he did our Bible study. And God pulled on me and said, you got to shut down that Bible study because everything that looked good ain't good. They ain't about my business. And I remember I told my husband, I told my daddy, I said, I got to shut it down. Because that ain't right. Some people didn't agree with what I was saying. Daddy's my witness. My husband is my witness. It wasn't good. 
This is why you got to hear the Lord and know what's good. Everybody that you hanging around just because they're saved don't mean they're doing anything concerning God. It could be outside the will of God. That's when you got to bring in correction and know how to correct. Now, if you've been hurt, you got to check that hurt and that woundedness before you go attack somebody else. Because sometimes your suspicion ain't coming from God, it's coming from your hurts. We got people in the body of Christ that's been hurt so much that they so suspicious over everybody else that they putting them down and they the one need to be healed. I'm going somewhere. See, sometimes people don't want to hear teaching. They want to hear the hooping and the hollering and they think it's, everything is okay through the hooping and hollering. You got to know what's going on around you. That's why you get fooled. That's why you get caught up in stuff. And this is what I asked the Lord, y'all. Some people looking at me and say, well, what's going on, Apostle? Ain't nothing going on with me. I'm just telling you what the Lord is telling me to bring you today. God is good. And anything outside of his goodness is not God. I don't care how saved people are. They are good because they are saved. But guess what? You got to show that attribute. And if that attribute is not being seen, then it's outside of God. And anything outside of God is outside of his word, and it needs to be corrected. How can you hang around a Christian that's outside of God's character, and you still hanging around that Christian? You end up becoming what that Christian is. This is why the Bible says we have to separate ourselves. And if you're not willing to separate yourself, then you're agreeing with what ain't good. God didn't take us out of corruption to put us back into corruption. Y'all better understand this. And another thing that people say is it is okay for two women and two women to come together and two men to come together because it's good. It ain't. Because that ain't the way God created. Well, they're good people. When you are good, there ain't no mess like that going on. You get to see God's goodness and it turns you away from that kind of stuff. Do we hate people? No. We love them and we show them the right way. Everything God loves, we're supposed to love. Everything God hates, we're supposed to hate, y'all. So God is saying today, you got to taste and see how good God is. Before you can even go out proclaiming he's good. Because some of us get it twisted and we're telling people he's good, but we ain't living like he's good. Once you taste the goodness of Jesus, people going to know just how good he is. So we got to taste it. We got to perceive it. We got to be able to see it in our lives before we share it with somebody else. God took me to another passage of scripture. Go with me. I just love the word. Don't y'all love the word? Go with me to 1 Peter 2. And let's talk about what God is talking about here. This is the scripture that hit me. It says in 1 Peter 2, listen at verse 1. He's talking to Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. Wherefore, laying aside, that means to put off, all malice, gal, hypocrisies, envies, and all evil speaking. Why would Peter start out in chapter 2 with that 
when at the end of chapter 1, he's talking about the word of God. Why would he start off with that? Let's see. He said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now I'm going to back it up to tell you where Peter is coming from. First, I'm going to break down some stuff to let people understand where I'm coming from. When you break down the word, you can't see nobody but you. You got to see you first before you point your fingers at anybody else. (laughs) I'm going to help somebody today. Listen at this. Lay aside, mean put off. Who put it off? Who put it off? How do you know what you have to put off? Because you're spending time with him. When you spend time with him, you're going to see you in some of these. Let's talk about what he's telling us to put off. Malice. Do y'all know what malice is? It's wickedness. All forms of evil. Now, we're still talking about how good God is, right? Malice is all kinds and forms of evil. Deep-seated feelings against a person. Hatred that lasts on and on. Wishing something bad would happen. Let me say it again what malice is. We're getting some deliverance in here today. All forms of evil. Deep-seated feelings against a person. Hatred that lasts on and on. Wishing something bad happened to that person. It is wickedness. All kinds and forms of evil. He said, put it off. Come on, we got to put it off. Why do we have to put it off? I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But you got to understand what these things mean. When I begin to get these definitions on these things, I couldn't look at nobody but me. I didn't have time to look at nobody else and say, wait a minute, God. You said put off all forms of malice. You telling me a Christian can have malice? Mm -hmm. Can have it and think you don't have it. When you hold in deep hatred against your brother and sister, deep hatred, it is seated there. Then you got malice. Wishing that something happened. This is what we do at times. I've done it. Lord, let them see what's going on. This will help you to see. Not realizing I was carrying some malice. Help me now. Y'all better see this. They need to fall so they can see. I want people to see just how nasty they are. I want people to see them for who they really are. I'm waiting and smiling at the same time. I want people to know that this person is like they are. You full of malice. You carrying a deep hate for that person. How do I know? Because you're supposed to pray for that person. How do I know? Because when they talked about Jesus, when they ridiculed Jesus, when they pierced him in the side, Jesus didn't say nothing. Jesus said, it is finished. Forgive them for they know not what they do. See, when you know about God's goodness, you ain't waiting for something to happen just to prove who that person is. Oh, but nobody in here have malice. I ain't talking to nobody in here. You ain't got no deep hatred for nobody. You ain't waiting on something to happen to somebody just to prove that person is nasty. That person need to be sat down. 
Pastor going to see just how that person is. I'm just waiting. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. You're trying to set that person up to be fried. You're waiting. Let's talk about another one. Can we go to another? Let's talk about guile, y'all. Guile means deceit, to deceive and mislead people. To set a bait so as to catch them. To bait or deceive in order to achieve one own end. To be two-faced. Ooh. Christians, two-faced it. Setting a bait. Laughing in your face. Full of malice. Full of hatred. Hey, baby, how you doing? In the back of your mind, I hate you. Two-faced it. That's what that word means, gal. He said, we got to put aside. We got to put it aside, lay it aside. We got to get script of these things. So we got what? We got malice. We got gal. Short and gal, two-faced it. Then another one, y'all know what a hypocrite is, hypocrisy. A play actor pretending to be something that they're not. Oh, y'all, these all fit together. Malice, gal, a play actor, pretending to be someone that they're not. Play acting in church, trying to act like they're so holy, but they know that they got issues and things are going on and trying to make people think that they're bad and they're good. They play acting, they're pretenders, acting like they want to be a part, but they don't. Pretenders. Then here go another, envy, covenant, what somebody else has have, wishing that that person lose what they have because they envy over that person, don't want that person to have it. That's what envy is. Then we got another one, evil speaking. This wraps it up. Evil speaking means criticize, judge, backbite, gossip. Condemn, grumble against another person to talk about, tear down another person, to spread tales about another person, to cut and hurt him and her and lower his image and reputation in the eyes of others. Woo! That's what evil speaking is. Let me tell you what the Lord showed me. When I was going through all of these, God showed me me. But guess what? When he showed me me, see things that you go through in your life, you have some malice, you have some gall, you begin to pretend, and you begin to evil speak. Because of your hurt, because of your pain, because of your disappointment. I cannot speak to you if I hadn't been in this place. So don't get offended, because I believe the whole church today has been in this place. Because if you had malice, you had some deceit, you had some gall, you've been pretending, you've been evil speaking. And I say, God, how do you not talk about a person? He said, don't talk. I'd ask him again. How do you not talk about a person? Don't talk. And all of us have talked about somebody from the pulpit down. Because you get upset and you talk about them. This is what the Lord was showing me, y'all. Just because you talk about me, don't give me a reason to talk about you. Just because you treat me dirty, don't 
give me a reason to treat you dirty. You know why, apostle? Because I know about his goodness. I experience his goodness. And every time somebody talk about me, I see Jesus. And every time I mention something, I say, honey, guess what? We do the same thing. They should have, could have, would have. You're talking about them. And I say, well, God. He said, don't say nothing. If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing. Oh, I'm going somewhere. I'm still talking about God is good. I ain't left off of God is good. And if we represent him, we're supposed to do what he does. All of us in this room, malice, gal. Evil speaking, hypocrisy, envy. You know why people envy other people? Because you don't you don't know where I've been. I don't know where you've been. So I shouldn't envy you. You shouldn't envy me. You don't know what I had to go through to be in the place that I'm in. I don't know what you had to go through. So we should be there to encourage one another, not talk about one another. Who am I to let somebody talk about Sister Loretta when I know who she is in God? She may not be doing what she's supposed to be doing, but that don't change her status. She's still a new creation. She still was bought with the price. And everything about him is good. She may not understand it yet, but I ain't going to let you down her like that. Because in him she lived. In him she moved. In him she have her being. And once you taste the goodness of Jesus... And all he done for you, you will keep your mouth off of somebody else. Who am I to call that person a slut? Because if you slept with one man, he done slept with a thousand. You a slut too? Act like you so clean. Who am I to call a person a liar? They just lie bad. They just lie bad. When you know yourself. Somebody asked you for a dollar, I ain't got it, liar. But that person is the bigger liar. No, you a liar too. But thank God for the blood. The blood cleanses us. And when we remember the blood, we'll let go of lying, stealing, and cheating, and manipulating. Let me tell you something. God will use even your children at times, to put you back in place. Because sometimes we try to take up for our kids. Y'all know what I mean? We try to see their goodness, but we don't see nobody else's. So I don't know if my daughter remember this. I would always say my daughter would, with her friends, when they have birthdays and they have all of this stuff, and my daughter would go way out the way, Mama, I got to get everybody a birthday present. You know, she made it just a part of her to get it. And I'm saying, well... What did it get you, Ariel? She had to correct her mother. I said, well, what did it get you? At? You know, asking the question, what did it get you? At? And it had me to think. The Lord said, don't matter what they got her. See, he corrected me before sin kicked in. You know, sometimes we just ask him. But he said, it don't matter if they gave her something or not. That's where her heart is. We need to quit looking at everybody else. Do what God tells you to do. That's how we end up with malice. 
That's how we end up with guile and, and covetousness and hypocrisy and evil speaking. We need to cut it off. We need to say, well, who said they deserved that? God did. So we need to understand everybody in this room have done something they should not have done, have said something they should not have said. But because of his mercy, because of his goodness, because of his love and kindness, you ain't a bit better than nobody else. So quit trying to put yourself on a pedestal and act like you just mm, mastered them all. No, you didn't. You couldn't do it. That's why you in Jesus. You couldn't do it. That's why you you couldn't even love right, not unless you was in Jesus. And you still can't love right in him until you know the love of God. And you get that when you taste it through his word. And sometimes you got to keep tasting it and tasting it and tasting it. And the more you taste it, then you will see the love of God revealed. We off track. We spend too much time beating up on each other. You know why we beat up on people? Because we ain't happy. When you ain't happy, you want misery, love company. When you feel like you ain't getting nowhere, I ain't having nobody else get nowhere. When you in the gutter, you want to put people in the gutter with you. Let me tell y'all something. Don't think I just come up with stuff just to come up with stuff. See, the God that I serve, God deal with me first. Always. That's why I put me out there first to tell you God had to deal with me because any little thing we let come in will add other things to it. That's why they named Peter named those things because he knew it was in operation. I'm bringing it to the church because I know it's in operation. We got evil speakers in the church. We got malice. All forms of wickedness in the church. You know what some people say? Well, it's the truth. Okay, speak truth and go on. Speak truth and love and go on. We don't have to keep talking about it. We just speak it and go on. How many times we speak something and go on and on and on and on? What are we trying to do? Stir up something. So we got these definitions of, he said we got to do what? Y'all forgot? Lay aside. Put them off. Get rid of it. And then guess what else he say? As newborn babes, he's using this illustrations, dealing with a baby. Desire. Listen at this. Doesn't babies desire, crave for? That's what desire means. Long after. Milk. What baby don't? They desire the milk. But guess what this milk is? The sincere milk of the word. That means the pure word. When you put off these things, I'm told you I'm going somewhere. You're going to have a more of a desire, a craving for the pure word of God. But if these things are attached to you, you ain't going to have a longing or desire. Why? Because you're more attached to malice. You're more attached to what somebody said, somebody did. You're more attached to gossiping about somebody. You're more attached to these things. But when you have a craving, a longing, a desire for the pure word of God, what does it say? 
It said that ye may grow thereby. Some of us are not growing because we don't crave for what we should crave for. If you still in malice, if you still in hypocrisy, envy, if you still in these things, evil speaking, gal, guess what? You ain't growing. You, the enemy know this. That's why you got to put them off. So when you go into the word of God, you will grow. But guess what, y'all? You can't just go into the word of God when you feel like it. In order to grow, you got to have a craving for the word. That means that that's an everyday thing. Not just a once in a life thing or just, well, let me just go get in there for a few minutes won't do. Because if you got these things in your life, if you want to put them off, you got to continually go into the word of God. You got to get the word of God in you. I have learned this, y'all. How did I know that I was over my enemy? How did I know? Because when I hear him talk, my flesh don't cringe. When I see him, my flesh don't cringe. When somebody talk about him, my flesh don't cringe. I know I have put them off. I have put that stuff off. The stuff that I've been holding deep within. How did I put it off? Because I say, God, they know not what they're doing. Forgive them, God. And then when you apply the blood of Jesus, apply what Jesus have already done on your behalf, what make you any different from them? This is why he paid the price for past, present, and future sins because he knew that we were going to mess up. Y'all, this right here is a burning on the inside of me. Some of us think we're better than other people because we done got over something. How long did it take you to get over it? And now you're putting a a time limit on somebody else. You should have been over it by now. It's been 20 years, baby, and you still got the same enemy. What's up? I've been saved for 20 years. I think I know a little more than you. I beg you to differ. Because if you knew more than I knew, you would have been done forgave me by now. Hello, somebody. People always say, people don't want to hear what I got to say. Because a spirit knows spirit. Jealousy knows jealousy. I'm like this. When somebody gets something, I'm praising God with them. I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving them what you have given them, God. I'm not trying to be selfish. God, you knew what they needed. But some people, oh, they don't need that. They're always asking for something. They always want something. That's because you got hatred in you. You got jealousy in you. Got more than I got. What they need it for. In order for us to grow. By this word. We have to know. Who we are. Now that we're in Christ. And the only way we know by getting into the word. That's why you got to know what these verses are saying. Before you go out there and try to pounce on somebody. Some of us are trying to be uh, bouncers. You know, they have the bouncers in the club try to throw people out. We're throwing people out the church. And the devil's staying in there. It's the truth. We're picking and choosing who we want to stay in the church. And the devil right amongst you smiling. Doing the same thing they always done. But oh, they so good. They so good. Ain't they good? Yeah, they good. They help everybody. 
They two-faced it. And you don't even see it. Because you ain't discerning good from evil because you stuck on you. That's why you got to be open to the spirit. Everything that looks good ain't good. I don't think people want to hear this. When we get to verse one, we can go to verse two. We've been to verse two. I pray that you got it. You got to continually get in the word. If you ain't continually in that word, you're going to go back to verse one. Hallelujah. Some of us staying at verse one and trying to get to verse two. And by the way, when it says newborn babes, guess what, y'all? This is an illustration of a baby. This do not mean that people are not um, in Christ and where they need to be. This is telling you to have a longing and a craving for the word of God. But some of us are not mature yet. Some of us are trying to get on meat and haven't got the milk yet. They use these illustrations to break it down. So when you know where they're coming from, you can latch hold to the word of God. So he wants us to have a longing and a craving for the word, just like a baby long and crave for milk. That don't mean you have to be a baby in Christ. That means that he wants you to long and crave and desire the word like a baby desires milk. Y'all know how a baby, when that baby hungry, that's a hollering youngin. They holler and holler and holler and holler and holler. And you like, will you please hush? They're saying, give me my milk. Give me my milk. I'm fixing it as fast as I can. That's how we should long for the word. There should be a crying out for that word. And we keep crying out until we get what we crying out for. That's every day, y'all. I long for this word. My desire, my longing is for the word of God. I always, when I get in and I say, God, if I don't know what it's saying, I can't give it to nobody else. So I sit there and sit there and sit there and say, God, what are you saying to me first and foremost? So I can bring it to the people. Help me to see me, God. Don't allow me to look at the people, but help me to see me so I can bring what you want me to bring. What's stopping me from being effective in the body of Christ? What's stopping me from moving forward the way I need to move? Quit looking at everybody else and look at yourself. Then you'll know how to treat others. But we see wrong in everybody except us. We think we are so super saved. You are in Christ. That's what make you perfect. Him, not you. So I don't care how long you read the Bible, that don't make you a bit better than nobody else. It's the life you live after you come out of it. So then we can go to verse 3. He said, if so, be you have tasted. That's why he's saying that, that the Lord is gracious. When you taste that the Lord is gracious, that the Lord is kind, that the Lord is merciful, when you taste it, when you experience it, you have put off that stuff. You put it off. I always say, Lord, show me me. I can't look at nobody else. Y'all, I remember a time in my life, and I talk about me, because I'm not ashamed. And the reason why I'm not ashamed because I go to God concerning me. And when I go to God, I go to the word to deal with me. That's the only way you can deal with yourself is through the word. 
Nobody else can help you deal with you but the word. I'm telling you the truth. I remember me and my husband, I remember we were going to all tell and he was checking on his phone and he had asked me something that was concerning his family and he said, I already made the decision because I know how you are. Woo! I'm getting somewhere. I sat in that car and the devil just playing the tune back in over. See, he know you. He know how you acting. He know what you doing. Da, 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 da. I'm sitting in the car with tears in my eyes saying, my husband should see my change. If nobody else see my change, my husband should see me. He should see that I changed. Well, Lord, I thought that I had gotten over these things. He should see me better than anybody else. And it hurt it so bad, I was sitting there crying. So by the time he got back to the car, I had wiped my eyes. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, asked him what he meant. So I asked my husband, I said, well, why did you say what you said that, you know, you already knew me? He said, I said what I said because I know that you don't participate in stuff like that. See, I got to understand it. Because I had put myself down. I knew that I had overcome some things. But the enemy was making me feel like I was still in that same place. But and at the time, it shouldn't have mattered what he said. But the Holy Spirit said, you get an understanding of what he's saying. Because, see, that was bringing something between me and my husband. Then there was another time in our lives that I was explaining something to my husband. He didn't understand where I was coming from. And I felt bad again because I'm like, Lord, what's wrong with me? So I went in the office, I got silent, and I began to seek the Lord and pray. And for two days, I was seeking the Lord and praying and say, Lord, what's going on with me? Is it something I'm saying that I shouldn't say? Is it something I'm doing I shouldn't do? God, I feel like I'm right, but if I'm wrong, I'm here for you to deal with me, not him. Lord, deal with me for two days. And I remember that second day because the Lord knew my heart. He said, this is how I want you to go back to your husband. When I went back to him and explained it the way God told me to do it, it worked out. What am I saying to you today? I'm telling you how good God is. And I have experienced his goodness by going to him and tasting his goodness in every situation in my life. Have I been hurt? Have I been disappointed? Have I been talked about? Have I been ridiculed? Yes, I have. On many occasions, still being talked about. But guess what? I grew up, y'all. The word has, I've been growing in the word. I've been growing in grace. Why? Because guess what? I don't hold no grudges. I can't. That's not who I am. And sometimes I wonder, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And sometimes the enemy say, didn't you hear? I'll be like Miss Annie. Devil, (laughs) you a liar. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That's not who I am and that's not who they are. I'm going to tell you something. When you hold something in your heart, not only are you holding it for that other person, but you're holding it for who's around you as well. Because the persons, that, the people that haven't done that to you, they get what you're holding. My husband has gotten many times before I start growing in grace. Stuff that I was holding, dealing on the job, answering him crazy, y'all. What you want? Put it over there. Don't you understand? But one day, when I finally got into the word for myself and understanding God, 
I couldn't do nothing but cry. I said, I've been treating that man like an enemy. And that's my husband. And he would always tell me, man, I don't understand. You get on the phone with people, you laughing, you cutting up. Y'all, this was yesteryears. You cutting up, you get off the phone, I ask you one question, you bite my head off. That's you, that ain't me. You need to get yourself together. Something wrong with you. That ain't me. That's you, you talking about. So my husband said, I ain't never bothered you no more because I always thought it was me. So I just left you alone because you told me it was me. So as I grew in grace, I looked at my husband. I said, you know what? We're supposed to be communicating. And you don't communicate. That's your problem. I done put it on him again. He said, you know why I don't communicate with you? Because I'm always wrong. I said, yeah, you, you, you wrong sometimes. But then the Lord had me to open up my eyes and allow me to see me more and to hear what he has to say, y'all. You got to hear a person out before you be an accuser of the brother and think it's always them. It got to be you. It take two to tangle. We act like we so super saved and act like we don't never do nothing. Do I fuss? Mm-hmm. Do I curse? Mm-mm. Not even in my head. Y'all. Some people cuss you out in their head and say they don't cuss. Liar. Might as well just go ahead and cuss. I heard saved folk when I was growing up say, get over there, sit your eight out. Well, I thought you were saved. I am. <laughs> they still recognize who they were, but they cuss y'all. <laughs> but guess what? It didn't change them, y'all. It didn't change who they were. They had one thing right. I'm still saved. But they had to get that part right. <laughs> Their mind wasn't saved. <laughs> The spirit was, y'all better get it right. Some of y'all are cursors. Some of y'all are addicted to stuff too. And I ain't talking about cocaine and marijuana. <laughs> and crack. You're addicted to Mountain Dew, you on crack. Get off the ones that you see smoking and tell they're addicted. They can come off that stuff. Come off Mountain Dew. Come off Pepsi. Come off Coca-Cola. Come off chocolate cake. Come off gluttony. Now keep your hands off the, the ones that's addicted to coke and crack and marijuana. Because it don't make you no better. You're supposed to help the weak. Now I don't understand. They need to come off that. Y'all, this is good. I don't understand. They need to come off this stuff. Why don't you come off what you're doing? It don't take all that. Well, it's taking all that for you. What's up? They need to pay their bills. Pay yours. They need to give to the church. You give to the church. We always have an opinion about somebody or something. You need to clean your room. You need to wash them dishes. It'll come right back at you. So the more you get in this word, you will keep your mouth shut. I learned. I don't talk about nobody else churn. Because everybody child got something going on. Don't talk about them. I say, uh-uh, they will get better. Don't call them bad. Call them busy. I don't put nobody care. 
the more you get in this word. And I want to ask you a question. You ain't got kids. So how can you talk about? You ain't living with them? Oh, I heard that. I've been around them long enough to know. No, you got to live with them to know. When they don't come in at night and you worrying about where they is. See, they ain't in your house. So you sleep because they ain't in your house. They better not call me mama. God is still good, ain't he? They better not call me mama. I ain't the mama. If you married the daddy, you the mama. I ain't the daddy. If you married the mama, you the daddy. See, you out of your lane. You, you still say, send them back home to their mama. Well, baby, I should have sent you back a long time ago. We saved. Still saved. What am I pointing out? We all got issues. So before you talk somebody else down, look in the mirror. Before you say, oh, I don't understand why you still in that mess. You still in your mess. Your mess is different from my mess. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm getting to the end of it. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man that puts his trust in him. That's what David was saying. And what am I saying to you today? God is still good. Through all of your mess, he's still showing his goodness. He's still showing his loving kindness. He's still showing it. So we as the people of God should still show his goodness. Outside of how we feel, outside of what we've been through. Y'all, I'm just going to be honest. The church is toe up. You got the sinner man asking for forgiveness quicker than the saved person. Something's wrong with that. You got the sinner man giving quicker than the saved person. Something is wrong with that. You got the sinner man believing what the word of God is saying quicker than the saved person. And we putting the sinners down. But guess what? He died for us all. So we need to get over us. And we need to taste. We need to perceive. We need to see and understand God's goodness, y'all. And the more we understand his goodness, we'll keep our mouth off our brothers and sisters. We'll do what we have to do for the kingdom of God. And we'll let grudges go. We need to have a heart to forgive. And that comes through tasting the goodness of Jesus and spending time with him. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I spend more time on disputes than anything else. That's pitiful. What I'm saying about disputes, everybody got something to say about somebody. Don't have to be miracle tempers all over. It's everywhere. You know why? Because there's some hurt there. When you get over hurt, we'll get over evil speaking. Because no matter what a person do, and I always ask my husband this, he's a witness. Y'all have grown in the Lord. I have to ask him, is something wrong with me? I know I heard that, but is something wrong with me? And that's just who I am in him. I've learned to love my enemies. 
Jennifer know from the job on, God raised me up on my job, y'all, to love my worst enemies. When Jennifer knew they were doing me wrong, I was still loving on them. I thought something was wrong with me. First, I wanted to crucify them. I saw myself wringing necks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then after I saw the action, God sent me right back in there to the enemy. What can I do to help you with a sincere heart? Some people say, I ain't got there yet. But God says time. Y'all, we in end times. You ain't got time to be playing around with your feelings. It's people that's dying. You got to lay your feelings aside. That's what Jesus did when he walked the earth. He laid how he felt aside, and he began to show God's love, his love unconditionally. Did he bring truth? Yes, he brought truth, but he brought it in love. He didn't make people eat it. He gave it to them. It was up to them to eat what he was given. So, y'all, it's time to let go and let God. This is for real. Everybody in this room got some issues. Now, if you say you don't, let me deliver you from a lying spirit today. I got the all ready. You're just lying. You got some issues up in here. Everybody act like, well, I done got over that, but you ain't got over this. Because as long as you here on this earth, you're going to have some things that's going to pop up in your life that's going to take you to taste that word. And you got to stay in it until you get a good taste, too. Because sometimes you're in it biting your lip. Mm. Sounding like, mm, Jesus, Jesus. So I'm telling you, today is your day. This is what brings sickness. Unforgiveness brings sickness. Bitterness brings sickness. So it's time to let go of what you're holding and how you're feeling. And I am guarantee you today, you will get a release today. Whomever you're holding in your heart, whatever hurt you're holding, even from years, it's time to let it go, y'all. Whatever you've done, you've already been forgiven for it. But God is saying today, you got to let it go. you got to lay it aside. Why do you got to lay it aside? So you can have a craving and a longing and a desire for the pure word of God. So you can grow through the word. You cannot grow holding all these grudges, y'all, holding all these things. And God is bringing it in the house today. I'm a living witness. I say, God, search me. What have I got in me that I'm not even aware of? You got to do a search of yourself on a daily basis because we pick up stuff. That's why they had to wash their hands. They had to wash their feet. He said, not all of you are clean. Remember, Judas was with them, but he wasn't clean because he hadn't accepted Jesus. He was not clean. But I'm here to tell you today, he's already paid the price for all of this, y'all. And it's time for us to lay it aside to lay it down. And if God has spoken to you, the altar is open today. God has already prepared the way for you. Freedom is in the house today, and God wants you to be free, and he wants you to live that life more abundantly. Jesus even told the rich young ruler, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Good master. And Jesus told him, He said, no one is good but one, which is God. Why did Jesus say that? Because Jesus said, you recognizing me as a teacher, you ain't recognizing me as God. Jesus want us to recognize him for who he is. He is a good, good father. So this is how he want us to go out and show his attribute of his goodness, of his mercy, his loving kindness. When you meet people and the gifts start being stirred up in you, you can begin to tell them, don't let people tell you 
that you're evil. Don't let people tell you you'll never amount to anything because we serve a good God and everything he has created is good, but we know sin came in and corrupted that, but God is here today for you to partake of him, of his goodness. God loves you outside of how you feel, outside of what you've done. Y'all, if we doing that for a sinner, how much more should we do that for a saint now that they're saved? Why are we still knocking saints down? Why are we still making them feel like they're nothing? Why are we still, you could do better than that. We don't do that. Yes, you mess up, but get up. God still loves you even in your mess up. Who am I to criticize you? He didn't criticize me. Who am I to judge you? He didn't judge me. So if you're with the person that have an issue, quit beating them up with that issue. Let them know you already done got through this. How I know? Because the price has already been paid. Don't let that dominate you. You dominate it. Come on. That's what we're supposed to be telling each other. We're supposed to be encouraging each other, lifting each other up. You ain't by yourself. You'll never be alone because he said he'll never leave you or forsake you. Oh, you just saying that because you got a husband. Even though I got a husband, I feel alone sometimes. But because I know who I am in him, he said he'll never, ever leave me. Your husband might want to leave you one day. But when you grab hold to him, you know you're not alone. Your boyfriend. Girlfriend might say, I found somebody else. That's all right. Because I still got a mate. Even before I met you, he was with me and he'll never leave me. See, when you know these principles, y'all, and who you are, we'll quit putting each other down. Do you know why sinners don't want to fellowship with saints? Because saints is nasty. Yeah, saints is nasty. Nasty attitudes. Telling you can't come up in here looking like, come on up in here. Just give them a lap cloth. You're welcome. Because the word ain't going to change. We treat people like they're just nothing. Save folk. We're supposed to build them up and tell them the truth, y'all. Come on, it's time for change. It's time for us to love one another that's what Peter was talking about we have to love one another outside of what the person does we still supposed to love outside of pain and I want to say this what's holding your healing is you because you're holding on to unforgiveness you're holding on to hatred you're holding on to bitterness and healing can't flow through. The enemy know this. You stopped up. You need a laxative. And your laxative is the word. And if you want the word to flow through you, you got to take it. Because the word is your medicine. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I had to come down to your level. You know what you use when you stopped up? You try to find all the laxatives if you can. To flush through, right? This is your laxative today. And I know as apostles say, I'm talking right. Because this room is full of it. The room is full of it. I don't do for you to get you to do for me. I don't. I do for you because I know who I am. I don't help you for you to help me. No. 
if you doing for somebody because they doing for you and you got to, you know, say, oh, they done for me last time. Let me do for them. That's wrong. As my brother said, we got people stuck on stupid. You don't look for something for somebody because you done something for them. When you do it out of your heart, you don't look for nothing in return. And when somebody want to bless you, you take it. I had to learn that lesson too. For years, I turned down blessings. And I'm going to tell y'all why I did. Because I didn't want people to see me as being greedy. But God said, when somebody want to bless you, it ain't up to you. Because I have turned their heart towards you. So God said, you let go of that. He said, let all the blessings that I have for you come in and overtake you. Don't look at how people feel because you can't change how people feel. They're going to keep feeling like that. That's why I had to get off Sister Denise. I said, Sister Denise, shut everything down. Just shut it down. And God let me know. He said, they still ain't going to be satisfied. He said, because they're still going to find something to try to make you look bad. So guess what, y'all? I'm happy with who I am. Because I know who I am in him. And the blessings of the Lord makes me rich and adds no struggle or sorrow to it. Ooh, I am blessed to be a blessing. And as I am blessed to be a blessing, God said, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. So look, I don't have to worry about it. I just need to stay in him. What am I telling you? Leave everybody else out of it. Pray for them. Lift them up. Build them up. Y'all, we all brothers and sisters. We all get in fights sometimes, don't we? But we're supposed to make up. There's a makeup session too, and it don't take three, four weeks. It's right then and there. Once you slap, it's, oh, I didn't mean to do it. Yes, I did, but I'm sorry. I was trying to slap you to shut up. God loves us, y'all. And God is so good. But guess what we're going to do today? We're going to show the love of God, and I'm going to put it out there the best you can. Because some of you ain't got there yet. I'll give you an example. Come, Miss Mary, let me use you. This is, this is how somebody's not got there yet when they don't know the love of God for real. Hey, Miss Mary. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. How you doing? We're good. We're good. I'll talk to you later. Stay right there, Miss Mary. That's somebody that ain't really knowing the love of God. Somebody that get into the word and they're getting to know the love of God. Next time they meet Miss Mary. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? That's good. But then somebody who really, truly know the love of God, know what he done for them. They begin before she says, hey, God loves you. It's so good to see you for real. are so special thank you you're so good god is good isn't he hallelujah can't do nothing but talk about him and then you be just rubbing the back god is just so and you ain't funny either god is just so good yes the more you love know the love of god it's so easy it don't get hard no more You don't put up a wall because you're afraid you're going to get hurt. You love them outside of how you feel. We got work, Miracle Temples. 
We got a lot of work to do. And when you show, when you have the love of God, you can look at a person and the spirit of God that's in you will stir up in you and you begin to encourage that person to let Miss Mary know you are loved. Outside of what people do, outside of what people say, God say he loved you with an everlasting love. Even when family turn their back on you, you are always there for family and God see your love and that's why God can trust you trust you so much you are trusted in the kingdom of God that's why in your life there's nothing missing nothing broken even when it looked like it's missing God said you always give him glory you always give him praise God said even when you're going through even in your body you don't even show that you're going through you just say God if you got me through this you're gonna get me through this God I appreciate you I appreciate your love God even when my husband left me I didn't know what I was gonna do I I didn't know which way to go. I didn't have the people in my life to comfort me the way I need to be comforted. But I knew that you were there, God. Even when I lost my son, God, I thought I wouldn't be able to make it. But you gave me your love. And I end up loving somebody else through my pain. So, God, I give you glory. Miss Mary, God is even showing me in your house, just raising your hand. Sometimes not even saying anything, but just with your breath saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then God take you back through the years and you just begin just to holler out. Thank you, Lord. God, if there's anybody I can help, if there's anything I can do, God, I thank you for giving me the strength to do what I do. Sometimes you get calls and you don't even feel like going out. But you say, God, they need help. So God helped me so I can help them. And God said, daughter, that's why you can be trusted with the kingdom. Think it not strange, the fiery dots that come. Because God said, all that you do for me is going to come. But know that I have you in a safety net. And in that verse of scripture, he said, the angel of the Lord will camp around those that fear the Lord. God say, you have a fear for me. You have a reference or reverence for me. He said, by you having that, he say, no good thing will be withheld from you because you walk upright and everybody that attached to you attached to me and everything that is coming from you, it goes to them. So I'm here to tell you today, Miss Mary, it is well. And God loves you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Isn't he awesome? Don't he know what we need? Althea, I need a song. I know you already got me one, right? Huh? Go ahead. I want to say this. If God was speaking to you today, let go today. Don't hold on to what you're holding on to because Jesus didn't hold on to that. Jesus took everything to the cross with him. And when he rose, he rose in a newness of life, y'all. So whatever you've been holding through the years, I don't care how far it goes back. Let's let it go because there's nothing you can do about it right now, can you? Except, except what God has done. Amen? So God has given us a heart to forgive. If you stuck in unforgiveness today is your day to let go. 
And when you let it go, you still got to get into the word of God. Because if you don't taste and see how good God is, you'll go right back to that hurt and that pain. Y'all, it's time to let go of all of this stuff. Let's let it go and let's let God. Amen. Athea. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you.